Such a great mood today for this Beyond the Grave mini-sode, introducing our new concept, our new mini-sode concept. You know, there are so many canceled shows in the world, right? And look, we want to cover all of them, but sometimes a taste is enough. Um, in this case, it wasn't because now we're ready to watch everything, but um, we thought we would start taking on backdoor pilots. Will you explain for someone who doesn't know what a backdoor pilot is. A backdoor pilot is, you know, a network or studio's way of testing to see the reaction. So like I was saying with spinoffs, typically um, within, a, the, within a season of, of the main show. So for example, I know Arrow. I don't know why this is the example coming to mind. But um, as Arrow was ending, they were testing a spinoff idea. So one of the episodes in the, in the last season of Arrow was not really a typical Arrow episode. It kind of focused on... Whatever, a different character. A different character, whatever the, the backdoor pilot idea is. Did it end up working out? Um, I don't think so. Great. But I know they, they've they done it for Supernatural. Um, one of the characters... Actually, a show that I really wanted to do, I know when we started this, was um, a loose spinoff of Dawson's Creek. And one of the characters was on Dawson's Creek. Um, I don't know if that was officially a backdoor pilot, but in the, in the case of today's episode, this backdoor pilot is a film, an original Hallmark Channel film that they tested to see if people would love and people did. And they ended up doing an entire season of the show before... You can argue that it wasn't technically canceled, but before deciding that the show or the story was best suited to be told through a series of movies. So today we are going to be covering the Hallmark movie backdoor pilot signed, sealed, delivered, which is a 2014 Hallmark movie that's like 90 minutes. So the, the first season of the show started in around April of 2014. Yeah. But the movie aired the year prior. In 2013. In 2013. And then after the show got canceled after 11 episodes, they did like an 11 episode season, they then followed it up with... About 10 movies. 10 more movies. 10 yeah. more movies. The, the last two movies came out in 2018, so they might still do more. They probably will. So it's just one of those things... I mean, typically when shows end, right, it's because no one's watching, and... I, I, I'm just curious, like... They maybe just determined that instead of doing a series that it would work better if they just did a couple movies a year. Because that's what yeah. they did. They went on to do, like, two movies a year. Yeah. Um, guys. But I've never seen you react to content like this. I think typically because you don't... At least you've told me you don't really like, like, romance movies, like melodrama movies. I don't like overly melodramatic or overly sentimental content. That's true. And for that reason, I've never in my life seen a Hallmark movie before. I can't name a single Hallmark movie that I've seen. 
because to me, I just am like, okay, so we have like a white woman in her thirties who's a workaholic and she's going to like learn to love because she meets some guy on the beach and he's going to save her from herself, blah, blah, blah. Like, this is not my thing. My future story. I'm sure. Right. For sure. Yes. <laughs> um, when you're a 30 year old woman who's a workaholic, I get it. Um, I just, I'm not typically into the overly sentimental, especially when it's melodramatic. I mean, you know, I don't really care for too much of a, um, what's his name? Nicholas Sparks. He doesn't really float my boat. I do like romantic plot lines. I've always been a sucker for romance. You love a good period piece romance? I do like a period piece romance. But yeah, I just, I don't know. I always thought that I was above Hallmark. I had an attitude about it. You're hilarious. And I was so beyond wrong. I'm eating my words. Um, I will just say it now. I loved Sign Sealed Delivered. I enjoyed every second of it. It went a little long at the end. A little bloated. couple scenes that were a little boring. Right. But truly so pure, so wholesome, so touching. Mm -hmm. Such a good idea. Right. I genuinely think that this is a really good idea for Hallmark. Mm -hmm. This is, to me, so Lifetime has the incomparable client list. Right. Which got two seasons? Six, I think. Okay. So I'm an idiot. They have, they have the client list, which started as a movie and then became a, a successful series. Mm -hmm. Hallmark has signed, sealed, delivered. That's their client list. I mean, what have they done that's better than this? <laughs> I can't think of anything. I mean, I have not consumed a ton of Hallmark movies. I, I love a good romance, right? But You like to, that sentimental melodrama. I tend to like my romance with tragedy. That's why I love Nicholas Sparks, right? Give me... That euphoric feeling of falling in love followed by immediate devastation. Yeah. That's my shit. That's why I sat through KJ Atlas, I still believe. I like to be happy at the end mm -hmm. because I'm, like, I already am sad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not the kind of person who finds catharsis in watching sad content. Mm -hmm. I find the catharsis in watching something that will uplift me. Right. It's just, like, a different... My emotional needs are different. Yeah. And I mean, plus, if, if what I'm looking for in a movie is fun, gay, sexy, Hallmark is definitely not giving me sexy. I would say it's 99.9% .9 of the time not giving me gay. I, I think they, they may have plans to do something. Groundbreaking. <laughs> the year 2020, they're considering maybe some gay content. And fun, you know, I have lifetime. But yeah, I was really excited to do this. Um... I was not looking forward to watching it. Oh, really? I thought it was going to be annoying. <laughs> I truly can't trust myself. Well, I know nothing. I truly don't even know myself. I don't even know myself. I don't even know what I want in life because clearly I was so very wrong. Well, look, we have so much to talk about, but let's let's just get a little bit into science you'll deliver. Let's seriously just judge. Let's unpack this. Let's go. Let's so fucking like stop wasting said, time. This is a backdoor pilot slash movie. So... It aired on Hallmark, like we said. It's American and Canadian. Right, it had that energy. And it was executive produced by Martha, or it was created by Martha Williamson, who executive produced um, Touched by an Angel, which I hear people really loved. Is that about death? It's like a CBS show about an angel who, like, comes and helps, gives people guidance. Cool. Like, went on yeah. For, like, nine years that ago. could explain why this movie does have just some, like, inexplicable religious notes. Right. There's yeah. just a spirituality to this movie that was completely unnecessary. I agree. The film opens with a beautiful brunette. 
And she is exiting a taxi and she's thanking her taxi driver for the unusual experience they had. It seemed like they shared some secrets. It seems like they really got to know each other. Um, and as she's exiting the taxi, she asks him to mail a letter that he then immediately loses. He drops it. Here's the thing, babe. Um, he's a taxi driver, not a postal worker. Why are you asking your taxi driver to mail things for you? Because they got close. Because in this universe, you can trust people. But the thing is, is that she was getting out of a taxi and going into, was it a big building or was it a house? I think she was, I think it was, we then later, right, she, we learned that she leaves town. So yeah. it's her, I think, going to the airport, as far as I know. Okay. Right. To take a plane from New York to Boston? Perhaps it was a train station. From D.C. to Boston. Isn't she in D.C.? Isn't so this take place in Washington? Maybe not Washington, D.C., maybe Washington State. I thought, no, doesn't this whole movie take place in New York City? Wait, I, it's on the Wikipedia page, and we're both about to die because it takes place in fucking neither. It's set in Denver, Colorado. <laughs> what? What? So, it's not the part of the movie that matters. Okay, sorry. I just, I thought they were talking about it. Were they talking about Washington Square Park? I think just Washington Park. Oh. <laughs> Washington. Oh my god. Okay, so this movie takes place in Colorado. Mind-blowing. Who the fuck knew? Um... It's probably shot in Canada somewhere. It's shot in Vancouver. Um, okay, so yeah, she's getting on a plane, so she doesn't have time to mail her letter, but this is, like, very important, but she's in a hurry. Mm -hmm. So she gives the letter to the taxi driver who immediately loses it. It gets kicked through the mud, through the streets. It's eventually picked up by a little boy who asks his mom, can I mail this? And she's like, sure, whatever. I'm not paying attention to you. You're annoying. He takes the gum out of his mouth, sticks the letter to some balloons and sets them afloat. It just felt like, wait, is this Hallmark's final destination? Like, <laughs> that's just what I felt watching the card just flutter through time and space. You know, the yeah. domino effect often yeah. employed in, in that franchise. Um, so we jump one year later and we meet Oliver, who um, is played by Eric Mabius, Mabius? Cool. He, I'm familiar with him because he played like the Playboy editor in chief of whatever magazine Ugly Betty works at in the Ugly Betty show. Right. So I'm used to seeing him as this womanizer, as this cool guy. Um, he's none of those things. He has worked for Hallmark though, because I'm pretty sure he's <laughs> in every single one of the signs he'll delivered. It's true. Which Shelves. the entire, I guess, the film series is. Um, branded as the lost letter mysteries because hallmark has a mysteries subgenre right yeah you know what there it, that's not a bad branding this is a mystery movie it's true it was originally so twists and turns none of which we were prepared for no not even a tiny bit was i prepared for this i truly <laughs> thought it was just going to be some sentimental like love letter situation i did not know what, I, what was what was coming my way um, I did read that it was originally titled Dead Letters, mm -hmm. because it's about the Dead Letters Department of the USPS. Right. I think Hallmark probably thought that that was too dark, right. that we're dead. Hence yeah, changing it to Signed, Sealed, Delivered, which we need to address the title card. Hideous. Three different fonts. It had sound effects. <laughs> when the sealed drops, it drops like um, like a sign that you would put, like a open or close line that you would put on like a door or something and it makes like a swinging sound. I love that. Immaculate. Throughout this movie you often did say this is my favorite movie which warmed my heart. 
Is that what I meant? Yes. I okay. Think so. <laughs> I think so. So we meet Oliver, and he's an old-timey sort of fellow. You know, he's always wearing a three-piece suit. He's wearing an old-timey hat. It's a hilarious hat. I wish I knew what kind of hat that was. He, it's kind of a fedora, but it's smaller and more silly. You know, he doesn't have social media. He doesn't believe in it. He probably doesn't own a computer. But he is like 35. Right. This is not a very old man. No. Um, wearing his USPS lapel pin, which so I'm obsessed with. I want one. So cute. And in line, he meets a woman named Shane. She is, um, I glitched. She's blonde. She is blonde. She has a not great haircut. Correct. Beautiful face, though. He meets Shane, who coincidentally ends up working at the post office with him. It's the first day, and she's supposed to be in some sort of tech department, but there's a mix-up. She's not in the right place. She has to... Oh no, she has to wait 10 weeks for a transfer, so I guess she has to hang out. Can I can I address the scene where they meet? Please. I have to address it. So they meet at an outdoor coffee stand where there are people sitting outside of it in the middle of this park, you know, doing work on their laptops. He makes several sort of snide comments about how he has a job as opposed to these people who are just staring at their computer screens all day. Mm-hmm. To which Shane is like, um, I think that they actually have jobs. They're just, you know, working from home. He also does not know how to order a coffee. Correct. Because they're doing a little, like, you know, a play on Starbucks, Venti Trenta situation, mm-hmm. where all of the coffees at this coffee stand are named after boats. So the steamboat is the large. Right. He wants a large black coffee, but he doesn't know how to order that because this guy keeps using funny words for him. Mm-hmm. Shane asks to cut him in line because she's in a huge hurry. She's late to her new job, which of course... The first been... sign that we shouldn't trust her. She right. can't wait. She's so impatient. She's so rude. She is, honestly, she is really rude throughout yeah, the movie. She's Hallmark rude, but that's rude. She's Hallmark rude, but actually that offends me because I'm very sensitive. Um, but she orders in his quote-unquote black coffee. Yeah. A steamboat Americano. Are we going to talk about the fact that an Americano is not the same as a black coffee? Can I just address that real quick? You real fucking quick. An Americano is espresso and water. A black coffee is a drip coffee. Make it make sense. Speaking of, you bought us, like, Starbucks holiday-themed coffee. Roberto had never had a peppermint mocha before, apparently. It was really fucking good. And that's what I was drinking while I was watching this unbelievably heartwarming movie. (laughs) And that is why not only am I over-caffeinated right now, but I'm also feeling dopamine, serotonin, like, positive feelings for the first time in probably a year. Also, it's so nice. I mean, I love having our guests, but it's so nice to just... Sit. It's been so long since it was just you and me making eye contact across the room. Ugh. So, yes, Shane ends up working for his department. He heads the Lost Letters department of this Colorado post office. We are dumb, so we have to question if this is a real thing. It ends up, it turns out that it is real. Um, this department is real. I'm sure they don't operate to this level, but... Who am I to say, you know? Basically, it's all about lost letters that have been circulating that are either because they've been, like, stepped on or damaged, they're missing the address that they're supposed to get to. So this little group examines the card, does a little research, and then repackages it so that it can get to they a desired location. They are given, you know, 
authority to open the letter and read only as much as needed for them to be able to send yeah. it to hopefully the right place. I've actually received a dead letter before. Oh. I got a manila envelope in the mail. I opened it up. It was half of a postcard. <laughs> Ripped in half with just my address, missing the actual note part of the postcard. And the postcard itself was a cicada, I think, a picture of a cicada. I did eventually determine who it was from. Unfortunately, I didn't get the sentimental note because it was ripped in half. That is hysterical. Thank you. Um, we should frame it. I don't have it anymore. What a shame. I didn't have the sentimental note. It was just my address. So I, I, you know, I love this person who gave it to me, but I did throw it away. Um, we're introduced to the rest of the team, um, which include Rita, who I was gagged because I made my note earlier about it feeling like a Final Destination Hallmark spinoff. And this actress is played by Crystal Lowe, who is in Final Destination 3, in the scene that traumatized me as a child. She is one of the tanning bed girls, the That's brunette. I recognized her. I, we, ha we have both seen her boobs. I <laughs> wish I could remember them. I guess they just got filed away with all the other boobs I look at every single day. They were also being, you know, seared and burned in a tanning bed. Mm -hmm. um, but that was really funny. We, the thing to remember about Rita is that she has a photographic memory and she dresses like a librarian on a Disney Channel show. <laughs> I was going to say a new girl, you know, Zoe Deschanel energy. That's also yeah. fitting. Yeah. We also meet Norman, who's played by Jeff Gustafsson. Um, I don't remember what Norman does. He researches question. Well, they all work together to solve these letter mysteries. He's really smart. He, he knows about random things. is socially awkward, but fires off fun facts. He is sort of the typical character that you would see in like, oh, like IT crowd or, you know, something right. where he's Big Bang Theory energy. Right. You know, a, a TV show sitcom nerd. Mm -hmm. They don't exist like this in reality, but the caricature is always amusing. And works really well in the show. Yeah. And the last person that we meet is Andrea, who plays the, um, I guess, supervisor at the post office. She's a hard ass. She's out to get Oliver and the rest of the team. Can we pause for a second? I'm just like not sure if this is recording from the correct microphones. Okay. All right, crisis averted. This is better, crisper. You're welcome. <laughs> okay. I'm just congratulating everyone for making it this far and rewarding them with better audio. The last person that we meet in the team is Andrea, and she is the USPS supervisor who seems to hate Oliver, which I get, and hates the entire department because she doesn't, you know, see them as necessary. Um, she's, um, she's a cunt. That she's is one word for it. not a nice woman. She has no value in this movie besides, you know, obviously being the antagonist. I don't like her. She's played by Daphne Zungia, Zungia who will connect to the next show that we do. She uh, was on the original Melrose Place. And... You recognize her as the mean nurse in the third or fourth Heaven movie. So, in order to show Shane what they do, you know, they pick up a first letter, they quickly solve where it's supposed to be based on, like, the name of a restaurant, or it, it was an antique store. 
Then we turn on to the real mystery of right. this film. He opens up the pink letter from the opening. It's been one year. It's been one. Well, despite oh. it being postmarked. Ah. Despite it being postmarked recently, um, it was written a year ago. And in it, Kelly describes the magical day she had with Charlie. We get a I flashback. Ready. We get a flashback of their love story. And you know, it's them in an elevator. It's cute banter. She, you know, she, we learn, is dying. She comes she comes to his defense mm-hmm. because he's a personal assistant to Miller, Miller, and Miller. Mm-hmm. I imagine they're lawyers. And his boss is extremely rude to him. So she comes to his defense in the elevator. And that's how they meet. He then quits his job. Because she told him that, that life he, is short. And that he deserves better. He chases her down mm-hmm. and they spend the whole day together. Exactly. But we know from the letter that she was trying to mail him that she is dead. Dying. <laughs> Not dead. <laughs> that she is sick. She's sick and that's why they could only have spent one day together. Right. In this elevator scene, I I was like, wow, this man like looks familiar. He's just like a hot guy from like these like TV movies that we tend to watch. And then you, your mind, your brilliant mind, immediately recognized him as Clark Kent. I don't remember what his actual character's name is. The Clark Kent man. He's the Ohio is farmer. It Iowa or Ohio? Uh, the Iowa farmer with vi- a violent streak. The protagonist, essentially, of... The first show that we ever covered. The Beautiful Life, colon, TBL. The show that has gone down. As the worst show we've ever seen. <laughs> the way that we just completed each other's sentences. We're so cute. so cute. We should have a Hallmark movie. I do want to say that I apologize for the rude, disrespectful, and or negative things I may have said to him on our TBL episode. I haven't listened to it in a year since we posted it. I, we said vile, awful things about him, I'm sure. Do you think? Yes. Vile? Yes. God. See, this is this is truly my biggest fear because now I'm getting to this point and it's like I'm eating my fucking words and I can't even believe that I would have disrespected this man like that. Honey, it's called growth. You used to hate Justin Long. I didn't ever hate Justin Long, but I didn't understand. I, you've said the word hate. Can you not say that on the podcast? <laughs> I will just say... You've talked right? about him for 15 minutes on this podcast. I think it's clear. We know you love him. I just want people to understand my character character growth. It's not like, oh, I changed my mind on Justin Long. It's like, no, I'm a huge Justin Long fan. Like a huge fan. Mm-hmm. Like a giant fan. Right. So this, is just, this just goes to show that you actually, as much as I want you to take me seriously, you can't really trust anything I say. You love reputation now. I it, truly, I, I used to talk shit on Taylor Swift's reputation. Now I think it's one of the best pop albums ever made. Personal growth. I applaud you for I'm not admitting afraid, to this. I'm not afraid to admit my mistakes. Correct. So I want to apologize to this man whose name I can't recall, who is... Ben Hollingsworth. Ben Hollingsworth. I want to apologize. I just want to say you're a great actor. You've got great taste in projects. I loved you and Sign Sealed Delivered. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry that TBL was such a bad show. <laughs> <laughs> um... So Shane, you know, she she is the hardened woman of this series. You know, we have to have that Hallmark archetype. Right. Um, Nothing but, hardened about her, though. <laughs> well, she breaks the rules and... That's it. That's it. But she is immediately invested in this love story. Right, of course. Because the letter says 
I'm, I have to explain yesterday. I'm so sorry. But I'm actually dying. Right. Like, who, who wouldn't be hooked by that? Who wouldn't be hooked by that? We were. I was so fucking hooked. And she immediately gets her Nancy Drew on, which right. is pisses Oliver off. This is not, you know, how they do things here at the Dead Letters office. Right. Um, they're supposed to just vaguely read these letters and then send it off. They're not supposed to get, you know, invested. They're just supposed to be looking for address information that might reveal who this person is and where they live so that they can get them this letter. Mm-hmm. They're not supposed to get invested in the emotional story behind the letter. And throughout the movie, you know, it's it's framed by the the Dead Letters team trying to figure out what's happening. And then we get a bunch of flashbacks of the day that Kelly and Charlie have together. The grin on your face, it warmed my heart. It was these two um, really nice looking white people who... They do have that siblings are dating vibe. They mm-hmm, look alike. Mm-hmm. You know, he's showing her how to put salmon and capers Right. She's never um, had a bagel, a cream cheese bagel with locks and capers. He had to explain to her what a caper was. It was really adorable it was to so me. So cute. They go on bike rides. They go to the park. He tells her a story about you know a rope swing. She encourages to get on that goddamn rope swing. She explains to him why she likes taking pictures because it's important to note. This will come back that she's taking a lot of pictures of him and them on their day together on her iPhone throughout this date. Despite the fact that she makes him promise that they will never see each other again and they won't exchange last names. So she wants this to be like that movie before before sunrise. She wants it to be like that where we had this magical day together. I thought of, I've never seen that one, but I did see like a year ago or two years ago. The sun is also a star where she's going to get deported. Ooh. Okay. It's I'm Yara... Shahidi? Shahidi and Charles Melton from Riverdale. Okay, well, that sounds really good. If, I thought... Okay, yeah. Okay, do you know what I'm yes. talking about? Based yeah, no, I the was, book? Yeah, no, I was just thinking about the um, Amanda Stenberg joint where she can't leave the house because she's sick. Not to be confused with the Bella Thorne film where she can't... Midnight Sun. ...leave during the day because she's allergic yeah. to the sun. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> bringing it back, <laughs> Kelly, which is the name of the love interest girl from a year ago. She makes Charlie promise that they, you know, they're just going to have this magical day together, but they're not going to give any identifying details. And then they're not going to see each other again. They're just going to have this one beautiful day where they can say whatever they want, not worry about what it's going to mean because they're just sharing this day. He straight up proposes. Uh, Yeah. As the day goes on, he refers to her as his dream girl several Mm -hmm. times. He begs her to show up on his doorstep the next day. He's like, please tell me you're going to be at my house tomorrow. At one point, she says we should do something special to commemorate this day, and he suggests getting married. Right. When um, she says no to that, he decides, well, why don't we give blood? Right. Should I explain this blood drive thing? It's, I don't think it's that important, but if you want to. Well, he wants to give blood at this blood drive, which is only at this park one day every year, and it's only there on this day, Mm -hmm. and that's why it would be beautiful for them to commemorate. Of course, she can't give blood because she's sick. But she doesn't want to tell him that. But it doesn't matter because he goes to grab his wallet. It's not there. For his donor card. And it's not there. Ugh, the Why isn't swing. it there? Because after he did the rope swing earlier, a jogger ran into him, knocked him down, and then didn't say anything and just ran off. So now we're like, ooh, did his wallet fall out of his pocket when that guy knocked him down? We're not sure. I know what you're thinking. All of these details seem really irrelevant, except this is a really good movie. 
So nothing is relevant. Exactly. One other thing to know is that when they're looking for his wallet, she finds the button that fell off of his blazer when he was on the rope swing. And the button is included in the letter. The lost letter is her returning her button to his button to him while also explaining to him why he never saw her again and why she can't be with him. Back in the present, they are they're continuing to read this letter and Kelly um, in it says that, you know, after their the day they fell in love, yeah. you know, she realized that she really needed to fight for her life. Yeah. You know, she now had a reason to live. Yeah. So she is seeking, you know, aggressive treatment and asks him to meet on the bridge that they had a, their special day on one year later. Yeah. Which oh my is God. also the concept of before sunrise. It's in three days. In three days, they're supposed Charlie to meet. Charlie is supposed to meet Kelly at this bridge. He never got the letter. But he never got the letter. <laughs> so they have, guys, if you think that this is all it is, you're fucking wrong. <laughs> but they have to get him the letter. And now they're tasked with this. However, all the letter has is his first name. And of course, the place that he quit the job at, Miller, Miller, and Miller. Which is now closed. Which is now closed. Mm-hmm. So they can't get his address from that. Based on clues in the letter, you know, they're able to find out where he lives. Right. And as I should say, one of the main conflicts of the movie, which we don't want to spend a whole lot of time on, but the lead man, what's his name? Oliver. Oliver doesn't want to keep reading the letter. He wants to follow protocol. But Shane but likes Shane to break the rules. likes to break the rules because she's a bad girl. She steals the letter, convinces him to keep reading. At one point, quits, him. comes back. Yeah, matter. she quits the job. She comes back. She convinces him to go to the park and retrace Kelly and Charlie's steps. So that's how we see this story is they're retracing their steps. They go to the bike rack. And eventually there's a part in the story of Kelly and Charlie where Charlie is pushing Kelly on a swing. He pushes her so high in the swing that from the top she can see his house. It has a blue gate. And he tells her, my house is the one with the blue gate and the flag. So they go to that exact swing set. Oliver pushes Shane on that exact swing. She goes up high enough to see his house, and that's how they find where he lives. Correct. Just very cute parallels between, you know, Shane and Oliver and Charlie and Kelly. It's very adorable. But that's how we get a whole movie of this, of them retracing their steps. This is like the whole 45 minutes of the movie. At this point, we think the movie is winding down. You know, he's going to get the letter, and they're going to meet up. Um, No, there's 40 more minutes left. I'm gagged. I can't wait. I truly am like, where could this go? Babe, I had no idea what was coming. (laughs) So Oliver makes a big stink about having to mail the letter, which of course pisses Shane off. She's like, I want to hand deliver this letter to make sure that this man gets it. So So I can look and see the look on his face. Well, also, what if it doesn't arrive in time and and they miss their appointment? He only has three days. So the letter gets sent. Oh, there is one other thing to know is that it's said in the letter that if he goes to the bridge in three days and she's not there... It's because she died. Right. So we do have that, you know, additional anxiety that maybe Kelly's dead. At this point, I chose not... I was like, there's no way that Hallmark would kill her. There's no way. I have no context for Hallmark. So for me, I really was unsure. So they're at the house because Shane wants to make sure that it gets delivered on this day. Um, And we get one of the most hilarious lines because not only is this movie a sentimental romance but it's also a comedy movie a mm. political movie uh-huh. um there's kind of an action sequence i would say there is it's kind of a slapstick situation but yes. um but one of the funniest lines is oliver being like well what if charlie moved on you know perhaps he met a nice waitress from the olive garden 
I laughed out loud. It was hilarious. It was very funny. It there was are a great many time. nice waitresses at Olive Garden, all deserving to find a Charlie. Yeah, or an Abby. Or an Abby. Sorry, I keep getting texts. So do you want to mute your computer <laughs> so we don't get the notifications out? The letter gets delivered, but then there's a kerfuffle with a neighbor. Anyway, we find out that Charlie doesn't live there anymore. Do you want to tell them why, Abby? Because Charlie is in jail. What? Not only is he in jail, he's in jail for murder. Now, (laughs) I do want to kind of just bring it back to the fact that this movie doesn't plant any seeds that don't grow. Correct. On the date with Kelly, he reads the newspaper and sees that a local deli owner or bakery bakery owner won the lottery and they were calling him the luckiest man in the world. So. Love that. The car alarm. Yeah. Great. That that goes off at least five times a day. (laughs) So we find out that that baker who run won the lottery was murdered allegedly but he's in prison so you know he got well he's actually in county jail did you notice that i didn't do murderers go to county jail i don't know anything i'm i literally know nothing i don't even know i myself. guess if he's still like on, on trial. trial so charlie has been arrested and is in jail for the murder of this baker he was arrested the day the magical day between him and kelly yeah and um, the evidence they found were his belongings. His wallet was at the scene of the crime. But we know... What kind of murderer would drop his wallet at the scene of the crime? We know he lost his wallet. When he was living out his alibi an entire day with Kelly. But still in my mind, I'm like, maybe he did murder this guy. But instantly, I mean, this is a Hallmark movie. None of the characters want to believe it. They've all gotten so invested in this love story, you know, reliving it through this letter. They want to believe so badly that he's innocent, and so do I. So, yes, this letter is not only championing... Wow. Champ... Championing... 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 The U.S. Post Office. But it's also a movie about reconnecting lost love. But it is also now... A movie about freeing the wrongfully imprisoned. I'm gagged. This is an Innocence Project Who movie. the fuck knew that Hallmark was doing this? I truly didn't know that they were doing this. I didn't know they were doing it. And now I fucking know and I couldn't be happier. While the team is desperately working to free Paul. Yeah. Why did I say Paul? I have no clue. To free Charlie. Paul on the brain? Do you know any Pauls? Well, I, I just saw my next note and that's why. Um, Andrea, the hard ass... Um, supervisor comes in and says what in the Paul Revere are you doing which I just had to note down because the dialogue in this movie it's artistic it's it moves me in a way that I didn't expect you might think we're joking you might be joking I genuinely think that this movie I mean let's think about this in the context of it's a made for TV Hallmark movie I know Hallmark they get a lot of views but they don't get a lot of respect we are connoisseurs of Lifetime movies, but I would consider Lifetime movies to be on a different wavelength than Hallmark. I went into this with judgment, and I was proven wrong. This is a well-written movie. This is a clever movie. It's not embarrassing to watch. I'm not sitting through it, like, cringing. It's better than the Amazon original Blumhouse movie that we watched last night. And you could argue the it's lie. better than Serenity. 
And I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. I, <laughs> Serenity is one of the greatest movies ever made, and I don't want to talk. About 2019 it. Serenity. Look it up. Don't read any spoilers. Watch. Just it. stream it. Um. No, I wasn't joking. What about me? And the things that I enjoy would make you think that I'm joking. No, I don't think you're joking. I'm merely explaining for the benefit of the listeners. I want them to understand our sincerity. And maybe this is the first episode they're listening to and they don't know how fucking sincere we are right now. If this is the first episode, I'm Roberto and that's Abby and welcome. If you can't tell us apart, we don't care. It's okay. So the reason why the scene with Andrea coming in and saying Paul Revere is important is because she needs someone to go to the department meeting. Apparently it has to be either Oliver or Shane because the other two won't cut it. Right. Even though Shane is not a supervisor of this department, so I don't know why she has to be there. Well, it's also her first week on the job. Right. So they end up missing this meeting. So Because um, they have to go to the prison and visit Charlie. Exactly. Sorry, now I'm just thinking about how in Zero Hour, you know, if this was a Zero Hour situation, Oliver would have sent Rita and Norman to do all the heavy lifting. But it's like, but they, they're they're doing the real work. They're not going to be cheap like that. Oliver does his own heavy lifting. Can we talk about the scene where they go to the prison? Uh, Yeah. Charlie? Yeah. Wait, hold on, just quick. So they don't show up to the meeting. Andrea's shutting down the entire dead letters department. So we have more stakes. This movie already has giant stakes. We have a woman who might be dead. We have a man who's wrongfully imprisoned. We have lost love. We have definitely something brewing between Oliver and Shane, and they have their little subplots. I'm not going to talk about them right now, but we might cover them later. Now we also have the stakes of their entire department is getting shut down. And this is everything to Oliver. He lives to get people their lost letters. So more stakes. They go to the prison to visit Charlie because it's really important to Shane that he finally get this letter, that they hand deliver him the letter. Because also they have a feeling like something in this letter might be able to provide evidence to free him. Because of course we know from the letter and the flashbacks that Kelly took a whole bunch of pictures. Right. And they do contact Charlie's public defender who is, is useless. He's a schlub. But he says that the only way to get him free is with hard photographic evidence. So they need to talk to Charlie. Did you ever find out where Kelly was so that we can potentially get these pictures from her? So they bring him the letter. It's very sad. He's in prison. He still believes Kelly to be the love of his life. Right. Which... Is so genius because then we don't have to worry of like, oh, he met someone else. No, he's been in prison for a year. <laughs> Who is he going to meet in prison? I mean, he could meet someone. Prison daddy? Yeah. So one thing I do want to know is that Shane uses her laptop everywhere all the time, including inside these prison walls. Mm-hmm. She has a really good hotspot. While they're in the meeting with Charlie at the prison, he opens the letter. He's so moved to... To be honest, he wasn't hugely moved to find out that Kelly was sick because he has bigger fish to fry. He's in prison for a murder he didn't commit. But he tells them that he was never able to find her online. He even went to charlieandkelly.com. Because he made a joke about that earlier. Again, they plant the seeds and the seeds grow. But the website didn't exist. So they do figure out, because he remembers what floor Kelly got on the elevator at. That's how detailed his memory is of this woman. And that's how detailed the writer made this film. So we find out 
because Shane is a genius with Google. Her Googling skills unmatched out of this world. And that's, you know, why she's such a great foil for Oliver, who doesn't believe in the Internet. (laughs) So she uses Google to find out that Kelly was part of a medical experiment to doing research on the condition that she has. And we do actually find out what condition. She has the Hodgkin's disease. Hodgkin's disease. So we find out that she was part of this medical research project. We look up the project, we find her name on the list, and then it says, and there's even a chart, a line chart. (laughs) It's not funny, but it's so not funny funny because the chart is just a downward line. Because it had a 100% failure. Failure rate. Every single person that participated in this study died. So now we have to watch this not only come across all or Charlie's face that the love of his life that he spent one day with is dead. But also... His only chance. His only chance of getting out of prison. Yeah. Died with her. It's a devastating scene. And then... Honestly, the next 20 minutes are a little bloated, as we mentioned. The next 20 minutes are mostly about Oliver and Shane's subplots. Which we don't really care about. Shane's dad died, and she never got to see him on his last night because of the visiting hours. And that's why she breaks the rules now. Yeah. We learned that... you know, she had a bad relationship with him, so she feels guilty. Right. And then we learned that um, Oliver was married, except his wife was so disgusted that he works for the government that um, (laughs) she booked a flight to Paris. And never came back. And never came back. But he still wears his wedding ring. Um, We don't know how many years it's been because we weren't paying attention at this point because we really only care about Kelly and Charlie. But during this moment, Shane, her brilliant mind. She has an epiphany. She has an epiphany. She realizes a phrase that is, I guess, repeatedly used in the letter. Life is short. So what does she do? www.lifeisshort.com with the filter of Kelly and Charlie. Well, basically she Googles life is short Kelly Charlie and gets a website. And finds the website that Kelly built. Just like they had joked when he said, you know, charlieandkelly.com. She just, you know, made it a little harder to find by adding a little wink, wink, life is short. Look, Charlie was never going to figure that out on his own. Thank God we have Shane. Thank God. giant galaxy brain. (laughs) And of course, the website has all of the photographs. They're able to get all of the photos, give them to the DA. Well, guess what is also photographed? She has a photo of the man who bumped into Charlie and knocked him down. Somehow in this blurry photo, they're able to get his identity, even though it's blurred and he's wearing sunglasses. Well, and also... They can see in the picture that he's reaching into Charlie's pocket and stealing his wallet. Right. So it gets deeper. They track down the public defender at a golf course. There's, There's a, a golf cart chase scene. A hilarious slapstick <laughs> comedy action sequence golf cart chase scene. They chase him down. They give him a pastrami sandwich as a bribery. Because that's the only thing that he'll take. That's the only thing we know about him is that he loves meats. Yeah. Because... At one point on the phone, he did yell at Oliver that his stakes are lost in the mail. Right. So we know he really wants these stakes that are lost in the mail. Once again, he's useless. They show him a file with all of the photographic evidence. He's, he's not moved. No, he's like, this is ridiculous. He doesn't care, right? But then they're like, no, we found the identity of the man in this picture. He is the closest living relative to the baker that was murdered. Follow the money. Which means, follow the money, the baker who had promised to donate all of his winnings. Because this is Hallmark. Right. 
was murdered and all of that money went into the pocket of this man who had stolen Charlie's wallet earlier the same day that the murder took place. And Charlie is on all these photos in front of the blood drive that only happens this one day out of the year. Are your minds blown? So he can't be the murderer. So they, I mean, if the glove doesn't fit, this film you is must acquit. Genius. I was truly rocked. Um, they slide in another moment of humor because that's not enough for the public defender to care. Oliver does have to threaten, um, you know, the backlog of meats that are sitting at the he post office. He threatens to never deliver the steaks. Um, but And this gets the public defender off his ass. Charlie is released from prison. It's so heartwarming. The dead letters department gets to live because of the news coverage. Yes. They get their own article because that they, they can put on the fridge. Because they solved a full-on murder. Mm-hmm. And then... In the closing moments of the movie, they you take know, Charlie. They take Charlotte to the bridge because to say goodbye. He was released within three days. This happened all within three days. Um, and who shows up on a bike? <sighs> Kelly is alive. <laughs> Kelly is alive. Kelly was in Boston the whole time. It was a different Kelly who was part of the experiment. No, it wasn't a different Kelly. She never finished the experiment. Uh, she said she signed up but never finished, which is why she doesn't count as one of the people who died. She went to Boston. She got amazing treatment with the help of her parents. She's going to live. And what does she do? She sews back on the button that he lost a year ago because he's wearing the exact same jacket because he was just released from prison. He was arrested in the same jacket that lost the button. The button spent a year in this envelope. It finally made its way to Oliver and Shane's hands. They got him the letter. They got him out of prison. They got him the button. And Oliver gives him a tiny little sewing kit. And the sewing kit he gives him is the sewing kit from the hotel room that he was at when his wife abandoned him. Full circle. He's letting go of his wife. The way the mystery in this Hallmark movie goes so much fucking harder than the entire season of Zero Hour. Truly a gorgeous story, a beautiful story. I will be watching all 11 episodes and all 11 movies. I don't know when we're going to get around to that, so don't expect it tomorrow. Right. You know, we might cover the... If, if people are interested, you can tweet at us at Dearly the Podcast, mm-hmm. D-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, the Podcast, you get it. You can tweet at us and let us know if you're interested, and then we can do the whole show. I feel like... I don't know. This was so unexpected. This was such an unexpected, joyful, precious I'm piece concerned. of media. I'm concerned that the other movies won't live up to it. You know, that I've put Sign Seal Delivered, the pilot, so high... I, I esteem it so highly. Right. I don't know how 22 more episodes slash movies could have the same effect. Right. 22 in four years. I don't in know. In four years, they've made 22... Sign still delivered stories. Yeah. Half of them being hour, 40-minute 40 40-minute episodes. episodes, but then more 90-minute movies. So if I people mean, are interested, let us know. But some of these movies, I mean, they look fucking juicy. Well, there's at least one Christmas one. They're so, they're themed. They're, they go abroad, I'm pretty sure. And they're, they're all mysteries. Of course, they have to go abroad because letters. Letters go abroad. We have sign seal delivered to the altar. Someone's getting married. It's probably Shane and Oliver. We have a Christmas one. We have... So they're all going to be about the U.S. Postal Service. From Paris with love. He has to go to Paris to see his his wife. wife who abandoned him will be there. Sign seal delivered higher ground. 
Guys, support the USPS. I've been writing letters in quarantine. I have one that I need to put a stamp on right now. Of course, you know, we can't encourage you to mail in votes because that already happened and we did win. Fingers crossed. But <laughs> guys, this was such a heartwarming tale about the power of the USPS. Mm-hmm. I want a lapel pin. I want a poster. I want of a tattoo. the show or the USPS? <laughs> I don't know. I want a tattoo, <laughs> a signed, sealed, delivered tattoo of the really bad title card at the beginning. I am touched. I think, you know, support the Innocence Project. Wrongfully imprisoned people, people appealing their sentence. Also abolish prisons. Right, right. These are all important things and lessons that you can take away from this Hallmark movie. Do we have anything else to say? Um, no, I think, like you, I'm so excited to continue our Sign Seal Delivered journey. I'm excited to find, hopefully, more incredible backdoor pilots mm-hmm. and... We, as always, have some really exciting stuff coming up. So stay tuned. Share with your friends. Share with everyone. Follow our social medias. Everything's linked in the description. We have a lot of really fun stuff coming in the new year. We still have a few more episodes before the end of 2020. And then we have really cool stuff planned for next year. More cool new guests. Unexpected TV shows. The mix of genres that we always give you guys. It will be coming. Variety. Flavors, I would say. Uh, Until the next cancellation. There's nothing left to do but pack up, make dinner, and watch the Shawn Mendes documentary. 